You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Fruits Basket by Nazi... Nazi wow. <laughs> listening to Fruits Basket. <laughs> <coughs> You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Fruits Basket by Nazi Chikaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And today we're discussing chapters 115 to 118. Yay! Mm. That's a chunk. <laughs> it's a big chunk. It is indeed. That's, there's a lot. I hope everyone's ready for screaming. I think there's a lot of screaming. <laughs> there should be a lot of screaming. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, like there should be, like there should be in every episode. I mean, I can yes. make it happen, I guess. <laughs> Even times that are like, <laughs> like, Tora's like, that quiet voice, so quiet that I couldn't hear it. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> like, You're precious to me, he said, a tear gently dripping down his face. <laughs> That's the content everyone tuned in for, right? <laughs> I mean, I hope so. Otherwise, I don't know why they're still here. I don't know. After all this time, we talked about how time moves differently in borders. Like, <laughs> what are you waiting for? There's more podcasts. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's talk about 115. I hope everyone's ready. I hope you brought snacks as instructed because it'll be a long <laughs> summary. I tried to condense it, but there's a lot of interesting things to listen to. There's a lot of interesting dialogue. <laughs> All right. Chapter 115 opens with the outline of Akito back to back with Akira, her father, and the narration, the feeling of being left behind, which echoes what we saw last time with Toru and Kyoko, which was the very beginning of the last chapter, or to the feeling of leaving someone behind. Mm -hmm. Yes. At the main house, Ren reaches out through a nearly closed door and catches Shigure's sleeve as he walks down the hallway and he smiles. The maids in another room, including that one old maid, complain about Ren. Can't the head of the family have her thrown in the hospital? If he could, he would, but it would cause a fuss with the Ren followers in the family. It would be disgraceful to have factional disputes within the Soma family, one maid says. There's no question that Akito is a master, is the master of the Soma. Akira stated it in his will. And to think that woman still thinks that it's a lie. How shameful. Karina listens outside the hallway. We need Akito and the Zodiac to pull things together. At this rate, she'll only grow more haughty. We can't win against that woman who seduced Akira-san, the maid says. Kareno goes to visit Akito, who sits in bed holding the mysterious box that Rin tried to steal. Akito asks if Kareno knows what it is. What's in it? Kareno asks. Akito looks, I mean, deranged, <laughs> almost. She, her grip tightens on the box. Father, she says. Elsewhere, Shigure visits with Ren. She gave her attendants a slip, it seems. Shigure asks about having, Ren, having Rin steal the box for her. I told you that it's a secret, Shigure says, knowingly. Did you now? Ren asks, and we see a flashback to Shigure telling her about the box and that Akito treasures it and guards it super closely. Ren says that it sounded like Shigure was telling her to get the box, and that if Shigure brought it, they could talk. Hmm, he says. I already told you that I don't want it. It would be insubordinate of me. That stupid box, he thinks. I don't even want to touch it, and yet I hate to look at it, too. Yes, Ren says. It would be rude for anyone but me to touch Akira-san, she says. His soul, his blood, his flesh, everything associated with him. I'm the only one who may lay hands on those. Me and no one else. Back in the other room, Kareno tucks Akito in. He thinks back on Akira. Even as a child, he could see it. Akira-san was fleetingly beautiful. Doctors said that he didn't have long to live. Maybe knowing that he was going to die at a young age is what produced that otherworldly beauty, Kareno thinks. And we see a scene from the past of a woman being rejected. The main estate was trying to find someone to marry Akira and bear an heir as it would be a great offense for someone outside the family to inherit the estate. Akira chose Ren, who had been one of his caretakers. She says that they were meant to meet. She longed for him. She knew that she was the only one who could save him, as she says to Shigure. In the past, Ren kneels and speaks to Akira. You must be scared of dying alone, she says. No one notices that about you, but I understand. 
give me all that pain that you bear, because I love you. And they kiss. The maids were, of course, completely against the union, and Akira and Ren argue with the one old maid in the past. Ren realized how lonely I've been, Akira says finally, and the maid's eyes are wide with shock. She cried for me, he says. Akira and Ren begin to walk away, and the maid shouts after them, Don't let that woman deceive you, Akira-san! Crano remembers overhearing what I assume is his parents' conversation as a child. The older Somas were against the marriage, but if they're happy, they suppose it's alright. In the present, Ren says they were happy, until... Things went downhill after Akito was conceived. After Shigure, Tori, Niyame, and Kureno all had the same dream and ran to her. The maids were happy. Everyone except for Ren was happy. And, but the one most absorbed with Akito was Akira. In the past, we see baby Kureno asking if Akito is really going to be raised as a boy. It's true, and you can't say anything about it either. Baby, baby, Hitori warns him. Apparently, Ren decided this. Apparently, it would be a problem for the heir to be a woman. She had a fit saying that she wouldn't have the baby unless it was a boy. And that scared Akira-san, so he agreed. Eh, she just didn't like that she wasn't Akira-san's number one anymore, Baby Shigure says, who reads nearby. <laughs> Think about it. She's jealous. Her child is guaranteed to be loved and surrounded by people of the opposite sex. As a woman, she's jealous. Do you remember her face when we first went to meet Akito? I bet she thought she was royally screwed. We see memories, Ren refusing to hold Akito, Ren screaming that Akira to the Akira that the baby is nothing special. We see her inner thoughts. Notice me! Notice me! I'm right here! If a woman is loved by another man, she screams, isn't that enough? Isn't that enough, Akira-san? Kira's eyes are closed, and baby Akito looks over her tiny shoulder at her mom. In Kureno's memory, he says to Shigure that that's complicated. Do you mean Ren-san is bad? He asks. Baby Shigure smiles a rueful smile. I mean, he says, that I feel sorry for everyone in this entire family. In the present, Kureno thinks, who was at fault? What was at fault? What really went wrong? And with Akito asleep, he picks up the box and opens it. He's surprised by what he sees inside. He looks at Akito and wonders... Whose fault is it that this child is like this now? Jealousy, favoritism, a twisted sense of reason, or... He trails off and he thinks of himself holding Akito as a child and frowns and closes the box. In Ren's room, Shigure, she says to Shigure that she feels sorry for him because of the bond and asks if he really loves Akito. She kneels in front of him and places her hands on his thighs. You're possessed by wild delusions. I know you are, she says. When you look at me, your eyes tell me that you want me. I've noticed, he says, and he touches her arm. When I look at you, my love boils. I get my own wild delusions. If Akito had lived as a woman, she'd look just like you. Ren is shocked and backs off. He stands. You're right, I really do want you to get that box. It's fitting that you should have it. It's enough that you alone be possessed by Akira-san's ghost. Akito doesn't need it. Shigure leaves and Ren screams that they're all crazy. Who do you have to thank for Akito being in this world, she screams, for saving Akira-san? It's because I was here. Because I was there for him. We transition to a memory. Akira kneels and tells Akito the Zodiac story. Once upon a time, God told the animals of the Zodiac that they were invited to a banquet. The God in that story is you, Akito. You're a special child. A chosen child. We've been waiting for you. There will only be permanence, no loneliness or fear in your future. You've been promised eternity. No one will leave you. In the dark of night, Akito suddenly wakes up in a panic, sweating. Momiji, she says. And Momiji, at his house, cries. Oh, it's so fast, he says. The end is coming so fast. The chapter closes on Momiji burying his face in his hands, surrounded by white falling feathers, and Akira's words, no one will leave you behind. Feathers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of feathers. <laughs> I didn't note all the feathers, but that's a prominent yeah. message of feathers. <laughs> chapter 116 opens in the morning. Momiji passes his mother, who's out tending to the garden and smiling, and he greets her. We cut back to last night. Akito has, has run to Momiji's house. Standing in the yard, Akito begs, don't leave me behind! All of those feelings that were keeping watch from the edge of my mind, Momiji wonders, what were they? Akito grabs at his shirt and he looks distant. 
What the heck was keeping me bound to this person? This small, pitiful person, he thinks. Momiji, don't look at me with those eyes, Akito screams, handshaking and gripping his arm. Momiji pulls his hand away gently. You're not feeling well, right? You should go back. Don't worry, I won't tell anyone about this. Go home, he says sternly. I'm just, I'm a little confused right now. He goes back inside and shuts the door, and Akito falls to her knees on the ground. It's a lie, Momiji thinks. The truth is that I already understand everything. At school the next day, Haru asks if Yuki has seen Momiji. He was late to class, and he seems weird. The same, but different somehow. Haru frowns. What's different about him? He asks, and Yuki's like, don't ask me! <laughs> Toru finds them and asks if something happened. Did something happen? Haru wonders aloud, and Toru freaks out, and he's like, please stop! <laughs> Kyo passes by and stops and talks to them. Toru smiles a big blushy smile, and from the other side of the hallway, Momiji watches and notices her reaction. He hugs himself tight. Kyo finds him later in the hallway and says that everyone's asking about him and says Momiji seems different. Did you change somehow? Kyo asks. My curse was broken, he says with a big smile, and Kyo is taken aback completely. Would it shock you if I said that? He asks. Kyo is about to scold him, and Momiji cuts him off. I know Toru would be a lot happier if your curse was broken instead of mine. I mean, you can tell, right? He says with a cheeky smile. He remembers Toru worrying about Kyo. I'm the one who lost, he says, and leaves. Shut up, Kyo says after he's gone. Shut up, I don't want to be able to tell something like that. He imagines when Toru was upset and he gave her the paper flower, and then a bloody arm. Screw this, Kyo says. At the main house, Momiji speaks to Akito. I can't spend my whole life by your side, he says. Not anymore. And you can't bind me to- Akito slaps him. You little ingrate! Traitor! Akito slams her fist against his chest. Even if you left here, if you left me, you have nowhere to go back to. No one's going to welcome you. Not your mother or father. You'll never be happy. I know, Momiji says sadly, looking away. I'm already free and I'm already lonely. Curse or no curse, I still can't have the person I love. The one thing connecting me to everyone's gone now. I know I can't go back to the way things were. And we see more of his conversation from the morning with his mother. Momiji's mother says that he's grown. He asks about Momo. Momiji's mother says they're planning a family vacation in the summer and asks about Momiji. Are you going anywhere with your family? Back in his conversation with Akito that night, Momiji continues. Still, don't say I'll never be happy unless those things are fulfilled. It's not your decision to make. I'm free and it's discouraging, but maybe my own happiness is still waiting for me to find it in the future. In his conversation with his mother, he answers her. I am. Going on a trip, I mean. He smiles and thinks, someday with the family that I'm sure I can have. To the future. A world that keeps moving. To Akito that evening, Momiji says, It's time that I start walking along my own path in life. What about you? How long do you think you'll stay here? Thinking that if we leave here, we have nowhere to go back to or we'll never be happy. The one who's most afraid of that is, Shut up, Akito says, hands covering her ears. Get out of my sight! Momiji leaves silently. Again, we see his conversation with his mother. He says that he'd better get going. Take care, she says warmly, and waves. The chapter closes on him smiling and thinking, I will. I'm not crying, you're crying! <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do 117. I'm sure it'll be bad. I mean... Chapter <laughs> <laughs> 117 opens with the image of Ren and Akira standing back to back, and baby Akito standing in front of Akira reaching up to him. We see the narration. My mother was always angry and looked at me with cold eyes. I hated her. My father was always smiling and kind. I loved him. I was the being my father wished for, and I thought that I was the one he loved most. Rain falls, and we see Toru waking up at Chigure's house. She gets dressed and looks back at the photo of her mother that she keeps on her desk. She thinks back to the other day. She couldn't tell Kyo how she feels about him. In another room, he wakes up as well. Back at the main house, Akito stares out at the rain and remembers his, her father's death. Ren storms into the room and demands to know why she wasn't called. The old maid says that everything happened so suddenly, but Akito was by his side. That his will has been passed to Akito properly. Tears fall up in Ren's eyes. This thing, she screams, pointing at Akito. This was nothing more than a toy for Akira-san to pass the time with. Now Akira's gone and we don't need it anymore. We don't need you, she says. 
You're wrong, Akito says, standing. I'm special. I've been promised eternity. Everyone's been waiting for me. I am needed. I know because father told me. You're the one who doesn't care what father says. You're not needed. Ren clenches her fists. Bond eternity. Go ahead and keep those ridiculous delusions in your heart. Those things won't last. They'll break, and you'll learn. No one ever waited for you. Ren pushes Akito to the side and kneels over Akira's body and cries. In the present, Kareno comes to talk to Akito, and Akito ignores what he starts to say and says that she was happy when she met Yuki. Kareno's like, what? And then Akito continues. The rat hadn't been born as long as, about as long as God had. When I met him, she says, remembering that time, I could still show off in front of that woman. Akito remembers many times in the past. When did my world begin to break, she wonders. When Kareno was freed? From there it twisted. I desperately reached out. I forced them to stay. No matter how many times I was betrayed, I was the only one who they had to come back to. Akito remembers when Yuki left to live with Shigure and Ren taunts her about it. I wonder if that means Shigure and the rat had given up on you, Ren says. You're just full of yourself because you slept with Shigure once, Akito jabs back. We can't be apart, she says confidently. It's our bond. I'm growing awfully sick of that line, Ren says. If it's true, then prove it to me. Do you honestly believe yourself? You believe that they can go out to the outside world and not be charmed by it? If they can do that and return to someone as depressing as you, who binds them hand and foot, if you truly believe that, then show me that no one can break your wild dreams. Win against me, Ren screams. However, if you lose, bow at my feet and leave the Soma. Kido remembers Shigure asking if another person can come stay at his house. <laughs> Meaning Toru. <laughs> no, she thinks. It was like a prayer, a wish, like a curse. As if I'd die if I didn't say it. I'd repeat the same words over and over again. But now it's hopeless, she says to Karino. They'll all leave me and go someplace else. I can't stop them now, she thinks. Everything is hopeless. Suddenly there's a shuffle in the hallway, and Ren appears in the Kido's doorway holding a short knife. You know, when I woke up this morning, my mind was very clear, she says. I should have done this a long time ago. Give Akira-san back. The box. I know all about it, Ren says, and gesticulates threateningly with the knife. I don't know what you're hiding, but that box is mine. Everything of Akira-san's is mine. You want it so badly, you can have it, Akito shouts and throws the box at Ren. With wild, wide eyes, Ren scrambles to pick it up. Akito remembers attending her father's deathbed. Akira says, Don't worry, Akito. I'm not leaving you behind. Even if you can't see me, I'll always be by your side, my special child. Akira cries, and the maids all cry. More than anything, he says, I wanted Ren to be happy. In the end, I was just a man who was going to die. But I, I was able to leave a child. Not just that, but the fact that that child was special was proof, wasn't it, that Ren and I were special. Akito sits back as Akira says his final words. I couldn't be reconciled with you after all, Ren. Immediately after Akira has passed away, the argument with the child Akito and between child Akito and Ren, the maids compliment Akito on her performance. But I'm not the one father loved most, Akito says. No, the old maid says. Akira-san loved you more than anyone, Akira-san. You must not be confused. You must teach that woman how exalted you are in the family as the one who rules the Junishi. That was the mission left to you by Akira-san. The maid kneels down and hands Akito the box. Listen, Akira-san belongs only to you, the one who holds this. Akito asks what's inside the box, and the maid smiles a suspicious smile. Akira-san's soul, she says. In the present, Ren tears open the box and realizes it's completely empty. It always has been, Akito says, and she starts to cry. Because I was the one who was left out, Akito thinks, because it was broken from the beginning. I knew that from the start that I was dreaming of something that didn't exist. And the chapter closes on Akito picking up the knife, eyes set on Ren. Chapter 118 opens exactly where we left off. Akito lunges at Ren with the knife, but suddenly stops. The maids who have gathered all stare, frozen. Hero's curse is broken. At his house, Hiro's mother announces that breakfast is ready and enters the room to find Hiro holding his baby sister, Hinata. 
I'm sorry, it's kind of a mixed feeling, he says, teary-eyed. I wish I could just be happy about it, but there's resentment and regret and sorrow and love, all kinds of stuff jumbled up inside me. Hero's mother hugs her babies. Of course, Hero-chan, you've lived with your whole life with this bond. You've worried so much and suffered so much, but you've still lived so long with it. It was part of you, Hero-chan. It must be lonely to say goodbye. She cries, and Hero cries harder. I'm not crying, you're crying! <laughs> <laughs> At the main house, Akito realizes everything is falling apart. It's almost time to say goodbye, she thinks. Ren taunts her. Weren't you just trying to kill me? I mean, I don't mind if you do. And the maid asks why Ren, what Ren is trying to do. Sully the Soma name. Another Ren follower maid argues that the head of the family just tried to kill his own mother. And sasses the old maid for giving Akito the box. I gave that box to comfort him in his grief over Akira-san, the old maid retorts. It was like a protective charm. He knew it was empty. Common sense would tell him as much. They continue to bicker. Kareno looks at Ren, who stares into the empty box. And the box falls apart. Kareno follows Akito outside to the porch. And Akito says that she knew. She believed and didn't at the same time. There was a possibility that it held an invisible power, so she thought maybe it hid the box away. Is that so wrong? That was my common sense, Akito shouts. No one ever taught me. No one ever gave me any other way to live. How do they expect me to know something that I don't know? If what's obvious to them and you is common sense, then why wouldn't you tell me? Why? Kareno hugs Akito. You can start learning now, he says. Let's change. This is what I wanted to talk to you about earlier. If you stay in this environment, you'll never be fulfilled. You'll only be devoured by the Soma and the Bond. Change is too late for that, Akito says. Why didn't you just reject me to begin with? Why didn't you just abandon me? Kareno remembers Akito as a child, begging him not to leave. You're saying all this now, talking high and mighty now, Akito says, and suddenly Akito stabs Kareno in the back. That saving me halfway and abandoning me halfway, kindness or whatever you call it, it's been killing me, and it always has. Do you plan to take responsibility, she screams, withdrawing the knife? Make it up to me. Make it up to me by dropping dead. Akito runs off. Kareno tries to follow, but staggers, bleeding, and luckily a maid finds him and helps him. She asks what happened. Akito is more important. I have to go to him, Kareno says, and he struggles and continues to walk away while the maid calls for help. Rain pours. He thinks about Akito's words. Now? You're saying that now? It's too late for that. And he falls. Elsewhere, at a part-time job, <laughs> Uo finds a dead bird on the ground. The manager sasses her to hurry up and clean it up already. Maybe it was just tired, she says. Akito makes her way down the street, carrying the knife, barefoot. This is Kareno's fault. Kareno's responsibility. This is all because Kareno was here, she thinks. She remembers him comforting her as a child. She remembers attacking Yuki at New Year's. She remembers his words. If I blame someone else, no matter how much time passes. Huh? So this is my fault? Is everything my fault? Is that why we're so incomplete and why I'm left out? And Akito thinks, where's everyone going? She suddenly realizes and thinks of Toru and takes off again. At Shigeru's house, the rain continues to fall, and Kyo and Toru finish their breakfast. Kyo announces that he's going out, and Toru follows. Um, please, listen, there's something that I want to tell you, she says. The chapter closes on a dark panel. Kyo and Toru look at each other. That's the end! Dun-dun-dun. Yes. <laughs> so many dun-dun-duns. <laughs> Guys! <laughs> so many things happened. <laughs> it's a lot. I have screamed so many times. <laughs> Oh, so many things. I'm so excited. <laughs> and by that, I mean, it was so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should go from the top, from okay. the top of this chapter, or the top of these chapters, because I think it's actually, like, sectioned off pretty well. Because mm-hmm. um, the first part, the first thing that I want to talk about is Shigure. And what I have to say is, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a scene with like Shigure and Ren that's interspersed between a bunch of memories in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess Shigure was the one who told Ren about the box. Mm-hmm. Seems like an asshole thing to do. I think, uh, 
like this feeds a lot on like where we saw recently the scene where he's like like just seems kind of like tired of all this and like yeah so it's like this is like showing the kind of change he's been trying to provoke it's like yeah he's like it's bad enough that you're obsessed with mm-hmm. Akira. We don't. Akira doesn't need to be obsessed with Akira either. Yeah, I think in the next part, because like the part Rince is like, it sounded like you were telling me to go get it, and like, like I don't think he was intending her to like tell Rin to go get it and then get yeah. Rin locked in the cat's room, but he was just like, he's hoping like, oh, that, yeah, <laughs> but he was obviously hoping like to get rid of that box since Akito's so yeah. caught up on it. Yes, Akito's caught up in this memory and issues around her father mm-hmm. and Shigeru knows that yeah so and he knows that Ren can be leveraged mm-hmm. because Ren feels the same or similarly I think yeah about Akira but uh I guess he wasn't anticipating that Ren would get caught in the crossfire yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although he probably doesn't care yeah I, was gonna say, I don't think he feels too bad about it but he's probably like whoopsie <laughs> <laughs> oops might be yeah <laughs> <laughs> only a little bit of trauma no big yeah. deal he's like it's still good it's still yeah. good <laughs> like not how I wanted it to go but well, also, the box is still there, so yeah. it's a failure in many ways. Mm-mm. There's a lot of interesting things that he says, though. Like, he's like, when I'm with you, I, I imagine what Akito would be like if she had been raised as more of a woman or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. it is true. They look very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Like, that like, was such a smack in the face to Ren. It was pretty good. She was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, her eyes are so wide mm-hmm. when he says that. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know. It's, like, so shocking. It's almost as shocking as, like, we were just talking about how Akito was genuinely, like, what? It's fun being with a monster mm-hmm. to uh, Kareno at the beach. And I feel like this is, like, just as shocking where it's like, what? You're not obsessed with me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Akito that you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I feel sorry for you. Like, you just, this is just your, you know, like, this fake, like, bond that you have. Like, you don't really love Akito, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you a little something <laughs> about how I feel about Akito and you. Yeah. He's like, I love Akito so much, I want everyone to die. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 all of this is unintended. He just yeah. wants Akito to not be obsessed with Akira's and her her parents' crazy shit mm-hmm. anymore so that she can be a f- actualized person. Yeah. <laughs> Which I get. I get I get it, guys. Mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> but I, I disagree with his methods. Yeah. <laughs> And more sense of morality. Yeah. I think that's the thing with Shigeru. It's like you can understand where he's coming from and like what his goals are and like they're reasonable. But the fact that he's willing to like let everyone else get trampled underneath in the process. <laughs> mm-hmm. And use people as he feels fit. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't found the redeeming qualities yet. <laughs> I'm looking for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I actually really like the line that he says when he's a kid where he's like, they're talking about how, how, like, how, you know, how Ren, they're talking about Ren and how she's jealous of Akito and all this crazy shit. And he's like, Karino's like, do you mean that Ren is bad? And he's just like, I just mean, I feel sorry for everyone in this family mm-hmm. because it's so fucked up. Yeah. And it's like, I guess it's like, even as a kid, he recognized that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like super jaded even when he's like eight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know how old they're supposed to be. And I was like, this is a very mature thing to say. Yeah. I love baby Kareno being like, that's complicated. <laughs> yeah. I like how Yam- baby Yame is like, I just I just ignore everything he says because everything he says is complicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't include it. I apologize to all the Yame yeah. fans, but it wasn't relevant. Sorry. <laughs> so Shigure, he has this insightful thing that he says as a kid, which is, it's. I feel like there's clear evidence for it later in the things that we read where there's a whole bunch of like infighting in the family mm-hmm. that has 
I mean, I would say nothing to do with Akito. It has to do with, like, Ren and Akira, I guess. Yeah. Where the old maid, the most evil character of all, yeah. <laughs> basically leveraged Akito, Akito's, like, relationship drama with Ren to continue that. They're like, we can't, we can't lose to Ren. We can't lose to this woman. Mm-hmm. It's like, why does this matter? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's kind of, um, yeah, we get a view of, like, we've seen bits of this before, but, like, Akito's, like, a piece of the game to them just as much as, like, anyone else in the Zodiac. Yeah. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, you get, like, you know, for the, like, first chunk of the series, you think, like, Akito's pulling all the strings, but it's obviously, mm-hmm. like, Akito's just another string. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's also, like, I always felt like the things that we were, or, like, the things that we were seeing before was, like, Akito... It seemed like the problem that Akito had was that Akito thought that she was super special mm-hmm. and that she deserved to be ha- lauded over everyone, right? Mm-hmm. But w- it's really even more, even like deeper than that, mm-hmm. which is that Akito, it, Akito was told that she was, you know, everyone waited for her and there's going to be permanence and blah, blah, blah. But then at the very end, the very last thing that Akira said, was like, oh, I wish I could have reconciled with Ren. Mm-hmm. And Akito was like, wait, I'm not the special one? Yeah. Like, yeah, and like the whole, so. like that, that speech was saying like, oh, you're my special child. And that proves my love with Ren was amazing. Like, Yeah, and it's like, wait, well, what? Yeah. <laughs> Ren was right! Yeah. Ren was right! <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, uh, in one uh, way, at least. yeah, it's like the big issue Akito has is in feeling superior. It's being feeling deeply, deeply inferior. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we did talk about that a long time ago, or I was like, is it a superiority conflict or an inferiority conflict, yeah. or is it both? We had a long discussion, mm-hmm. and I remember it. It's like, it's not about semantics, it's more about the way that Akito feels. Yeah. Like, so I think this is, this is it. This is it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we saw it. Yeah. <laughs> There's all these memories that have been peppered in, especially recently, of, a, a, of Akira being like, you're special, you're a special child, like, everyone's been waiting, mm-hmm. you're super important. And then at the end of the day, like, the the maids, uh, uh, well, Ren was just like, that baby's not special. And Akira was just trying to be like, this is a symbol of our, our how great our love is. And mm-hmm. Ren's like, get it away. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then the maids are like, oh, good, we can use this against them later. Mm-hmm. Like, they orchestrated this and, like, further separated Akito from her mother, which is all fucked up. It's so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I think also the the specific language in that like confrontation with baby Akito and Ren, mm. the whole like you're not needed stuff. I mean, we've yes. seen that from Akito for like a long time. Her like obsession with the concept of like being needed or not needed. Mm-hmm. Well, also the way that she like the things that Ren says to her, it's like the stuff that Akito says to Ren, mm-hmm. and like the things that Akito things that were done to Akito or what Akito does to everyone else, where she's like, you're not needed, you're not this, you're not important. Yeah, to like. Above most of the zodiac at some point, right? Mm-hmm. In a variety of ways. Yeah. But I feel like this chapter really demonstrates kind of like the real world cyclical nature of familial abuse. Yeah. Right? Where it's like things that the things, the, the relationship that her parents had and that they had with her just impacted the way that she acts with everyone. Mm-hmm. We've seen plenty of people who don't but plenty of characters who have like i don't know have learned how to cope with their feelings and move toward a, having good relationships with healthy relationships with people mm-hmm. 
but Akito has never had that opportunity. And in fact, in the chapter with Kareno, then she's also like, well, nobody ever told me this. Nobody ever taught me mm-hmm. this. And it's like, yeah, you were complete, super, super sheltered. Yeah. We, yeah. We've talked about that in the past, but like about how like a lot of times when like people are saying like, you can't just do that to Akito. And it's like, yeah. like she doesn't seem to people in a room. Yeah. It's like, she seems <laughs> to like generally like not know right from wrong in a lot of situations. And yeah. like, like because, she says like, in here, like, yeah, like it's like, that was my common sense. Nobody taught me anything different. How am I supposed to live any other way? Yeah. Which is legit. I mean, yeah. yeah, and it's like you have, we talked about it before, probably in spoilers, but maybe before about how Ren was just like, you're, you have this one person who's like, you're awful and not needed at all. And then this other person who's like, no, you're very special and you're different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And how those things like just don't, it's like, well, of course you're going to go with the person who has a more like sort of positive yeah. <laughs> outlook on your existence mm-hmm. as a person, yeah. but it's still like not. Because she, like, she's obviously clinging to that and then having her like yeah. father's last words kind of like throw that into doubt as far as mm-hmm. she's concerned. Like, yeah, I mean, that'll fuck up a person. <laughs> Definitely. And then also no other adult being like, like no, no one else confirming or denying any of those things. Mm-hmm. Like you have the one, the maids being like, no, you are, this is, this is special and you are special and your relationship with the Junishi is, you know, most important in the family and whatever. And then Ren still being like, that's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so you basically replaced like that type of thing with, that Akira was saying yeah. with the maids. The ones who probably, cause Ren didn't care. Ren was like, no, we don't need this like kid anymore. Yeah. And, the maids were like, actually, mm-hmm. she's the heir now, so deal with it. Yeah, oh. it's fucked up. So fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll leave that full long pause. And really just like, I don't really know what to say anymore. <laughs> I think it, I think Akira is really interesting. This is like the only like the only times we ever see him are like these chapters, and then like those flashbacks, mm-hmm. and that's it. And I think Karina describes him in an interesting way. Like, he seems very ethereal. And I made a comment last time, I think, in the spoilers about how his face is almost never shown. Mm-hmm. Like, we almost never see his face. I think you see his face at the end where his eyes... Sometimes you see him when his eyes are closed. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's a time where Ren is arguing with him and he's holding a keto and his his face is either covered or his eyes are closed. And then when he is when he dies, when he's dying, he, like, cries and his eyes are closed. Mm-hmm. It's like we don't really get a good look at him. He's like treated, he's shown in this way that's super, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, super ethereal. Yeah, one thing that really struck me this time, like, is the scene when they have like the maids like trying to find a like wife for him. Mm-hmm. And they have a scene where he's like in the next room listening to them and they're just like, he's gonna die soon, so we just compromise. And he's just like listening mm-hmm. to them talk about this. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing is uh, so turns out to be a much bigger family politics story than we even thought before Mm -hmm. right where it's beyond akito and the junishi this is like the maids this kind of like old guard of the family Mm -hmm. you know costume drama e gotta keep the name of the family and keep the family power and certain yeah they're like we can't have someone outside inherit in the family Mm -hmm. like it's very it's an interesting dynamic that we see yeah. in this chapter and interesting and fucked up mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah akito is also just i mean maybe akira is also just a pawn to mm-hmm. them like it doesn't seem like they care that much yeah. like they have this crazy i didn't talk about the whole thing but there's this argument between the maid and akira and ren and it's like the maid and ren are arguing and then eventually akira is like no ren is the only one who understands me and then just like bounces yeah. out of the argument like mike drops out of the argument mm-hmm. so yeah. well it's like obviously like you know like 
crazy pants Ren was able to like <laughs> you know work her way into his heart because she's the only one who paid him any attention and seemed to care at all. So, like yes, like it's obviously he was like deeply isolated and lonely. Yes. <laughs> And she's like, oh, you must be really lonely. And he's like, wow, someone cares about yeah. me and not just, like, marrying me off for the, you know, family purposes. Mm-hmm. Ren, Ren, I don't know. Like, Ren is an interesting character. Like, do you think that she just seduced him for power? Like, we'll never know because it's not answered. I but. feel like she genuinely believed herself to be in love with him. But, like, she seems like even in the little bit we see, like, before, like, everything went before really the wild. T- it's like she's timeline. Yeah, yeah, it's like she still seems, like, kind of not quite there. Like, yeah. Like, something's a little off about her, even in, like, the flashbacks before, like, she started having, like, her breakdowns about Aikido and stuff. Yeah, I do feel like she's just kind of delusional about how important she mm-hmm. is. She's, like, one of those people that's, like, not like, um, you know the, like, I don't know, you would know this because you listen to true crime stuff, <laughs> like, the angel of death stuff, where they're, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, like, helping them because I'm, like, killing them because it's, like, I I feel like a responsibility to, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm doing, I know what's best for this person. <laughs> and I feel like... Her attitude reminds me of yeah. that, where it's like, she's like, oh, I took care of him, and I, re- I understood him best, and, like, therefore, we were meant to be together, and, like, you mm-hmm. know, but all she did was just be, je- like, nice yeah. to him, <laughs> essentially, mm-hmm. potentially manipulative. Yeah, like, I think she like, fully believes everything she says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not healthy, I guess. It's just like... Yeah, no. She's just, yeah. And still, still obsessed. Yeah. To this day. Akira seems like kind of a normal person yeah. where he was just like, I wanted to like, I knew that I was going to die and I just wanted to have a good relationship with you. And I thought that having this child with you is going to like be a happy memory mm-hmm. for us. And it's like really fucked up. Yeah. Like he seems to like, he just wanted, he's like, oh, I, we have this special child. We're so amazing. We're going to have this happy, amazing family. And then yeah, she's like, bad. no, I'm extremely jealous of my own yeah. child. There's no Greek tragedy term for yeah. that. <laughs> this whole thing yeah, it's very, seems very much like a Oedipus yeah, it's Rex very situation. Greek <laughs> it's... With like bringing in the knife and it's like, oh, like the person you don't expect is the one who gets stabbed, <laughs> you know. <laughs> this is a it's a eye gouging situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's right I'm making a literary reference. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Last episode was frozen. Now it's no big deal. <laughs> we contain multitudes. Yeah, a d- deeper than the ocean. <laughs> My knowledge of literature. <laughs> anyway, so Akira. It seems like what we can see is that Akira was just as isolated. It doesn't seem like I always also thought that Akira. It seemed like the 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 like god possession. I, in my head, I was always like, oh, Akira was also the previous god. But no, it seemed, Akito says that the rat and god had not been, spirits mm-hmm. hadn't been born for a long time or yeah. whatever. So I kind of feel like, this is like pure head canon, but I kind of feel like mm-hmm. probably like way back when like the family first started, it was probably like the first person who was possessed by god was the head of mm-hmm. the family. And then that was like passed down the line and like, yeah, probably. like God wasn't like reincarnated that often, but like because it, the original God was the head of the family. Yeah, that's why mm-hmm. maybe why Akito is. Mm-hmm. At this point, we've learned quite a lot about the curse. Mm-hmm. Should we do a recap? We've been <laughs> a long time because we haven't really been talking about it. But it's like people turn into the animals of the zodiac when they're hugged or they're weak, mm-hmm. uh, or there's like yeah, they're hugged or they're weak. 
and then like it's um it's been a long time shigeru had said it's been a long time since all of the junishi had been born Mm -hmm. all at once there's other things about like the characters i guess that are like sort of similar to their physical characteristics of their thing that their animal they're possessed by um as stated hattori is quiet like a seahorse (laughs) uh i think that was what i said before incubates his uh, eggs in his brood pouch or whatever (laughs) there's a lot of other things that have and it seems like the we had talked about the curse oh we get to talk about the curse breaking Mm -hmm. other than karina we had talked a lot about the curse breaking with karina but we got to hear firsthand so we had heard about how they have this bond that the junichi can feel and it's just all these mixed emotions that they never were really able to put into words but like i think hero finally kind of described what was happening where he's like there's love and regret and and mm-hmm. re- sadness and mm-hmm. all and we kind of yeah and we kind of got that from like yuki's flashback to meeting akito mm-hmm. the whole like like i loved him and hated him and was afraid and wanted to be near him and all that stuff so yeah sort of like duality mm-hmm. and all the mixed things that go along with the curse yeah and so we kind of got the like view of like the beginning and the end kind of like Cause, mm-hmm. like that's how he felt when he first met Akito, and now we're seeing how some people are feeling when the curse breaks. Mm-hmm. But it's a mixed emotion to meet him and a mixed emotion to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. It seems as well. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like Hero's Hero's mom was like, "Well, you always live with this, so it's something that you always felt." But I think they all had also talked about like Kreno Kreno specifically had talked about how when the curse broke for him, he was like, "I could feel like I had my own feelings again, like mm-hmm. as if there was like." There was there's like the feelings of the spirit and then their own sort of like emotions and stuff and this the spirit sort of seems to like suppress them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when I don't know this might be approaching headcanon territory, but it also seems like there's the the notion that they're, so they're possessed by a spirit, but the the spirit is the one that feels all this like these weird mixed emotions and stuff too, where it's like mm-hmm. regret and remorse. I think we had talked about and like wanting to be together and wanting to be apart, like the way that Yuki talked about feeling when he met aikido and stuff mm-hmm. like that because then you have someone like momiji when their curse breaks he's like what the fuck like yeah. why am i why am i with this person mm-hmm. i feel like that's like the non-spirit side that's yeah yeah and that like telling you something yeah and that specific like thing with him being like all those feelings why was i bound to this person made me think yeah. of when um shisho is talking about how like like he's not afraid of aikido because he doesn't have any of that stuff he's just a aikido's mm-hmm. just a you know like kid throwing a tantrum to him Pretty much, but like yeah. the zodiac, all feel like, like terrified and pained and like love and all this stuff with yeah. by like anything Akito says. So like Shigure even was like, well, I can't deal with the box. He's like, oh, it would be insubordinate of me to take the box. But I think what he was implying was that it's just something that he can't do because he can't, even though he lives to torment Akito. It seems mm-hmm. I think there's still some ways that the curse pulls on him. Like there's some things that he can't do. There's some ways that he like mm-hmm. can't. Seems that he can't also deny Akito. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's somehow special. Mm-hmm. It's just that he's like figured out, he feels like this is the right thing to do to get Akito to kind of like grow and stuff. Then yeah. we have Kareno's approach, which just doesn't work out mm-hmm. in his favor. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we can talk about that in a second. But yeah. anyways, it's interesting to see all the. I don't know. I don't know if there's more to say about the curse, but just like the conflicting nature and now we're seeing it break and seeing how it like was something that really impacted their lives in a way that was un un um 
like subconscious for them but Mm -hmm. influenced everything they did yeah it's kind of interesting too to like all the we see the kids like reacting to momiji after the curse breaks yeah and they can all like feel something subtly off even though they don't know what it is like with karino it's like we've seen them kind of be like yeah we've seen them kind of be like i don't know karino's kind of weird he's suspicious like at the same time they're like never around karino so like that could you know be the same reason it's like i don't know him but uh they never see him yeah but to have them all like the minute they see momiji again after his curse breaks they're like something different about you yeah did you change (laughs) yeah and (laughs) i love how um shigure is like fucking Kareno, fuck that guy, that guy. <laughs> yeah. and then all the regular all the like other junishi are like um like are something different did you like change your hairstyle like they mm-hmm. don't seem to be suspicious mm-hmm. like it's sort of implied before with the stuff with Kareno that the way that they can tell that he's different makes them suspicious of him mm-hmm. but i feel like yeah. there's something about the newer kids that's not like that yeah i think it's because like we've talked a bit about like like the younger kids like they get along they genuinely yeah. like each other for the most part like like they're still friends with momiji even if they're not bound to him in the same way as they mm-hmm. used to be so, but while it's like nobody was really that close to kareno yeah it's uh, like Rin sees momiji from far away and she's like i can't think of him as one of us anymore yeah <laughs> <laughs> but she's suspicious of everyone so yeah probably didn't matter that much in the first place mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah anyway it is interesting it's interesting how they yeah Kareno, they see Kareno as being like suspicious, and maybe because he's so close to Akito and whatever, like maybe mm-hmm. that has to do with the way that they, the younger ones perceive him. But yeah, they're friends. They have good relationships mm-hmm. already, and it's just something that's intangible. It's different about them. Yeah. Also, like Akito, it's interesting how Akito wakes up in the night. Like Akito feels their curse breaking, mm-hmm. feels Momiji's curse breaking immediately. Whereas the other yeah. ones are like, Did something happened? Like, what's up mm-hmm. with you? It's not like they woke up in the middle of the night. Yeah, you know? it seems like it's like a like a tangible powerful thing to Akito. Like we yeah. saw it with the the flashback with Kareno too, where she's just like like when mm-hmm. it happens, like Kareno's just like, what just happened? But Akito's like screaming immediately. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah. I wonder if it's just like a I think that I wanna think that it's like Akito's personality and Akito's, you know, issues from that stem from her parents' treatment of her that makes her react that way. Mm-hmm. And not yeah, necessarily I think- like the the god relationship in the curse i guess yeah it does seem to be stronger though because like she can immediately tell what happened like that's true like she wakes up in the middle of the night and is like momiji's curse broke like whereas everyone else like not until they see momiji and they're like something different about you like what up with you Mm -hmm. and i don't know and then shigure being like you know i feel like shigure for years was like what the fuck is up with korean yeah like (laughs) and then finally eventually he's like oh i understand now Mm mm-hmm he put like a bunch of facts together and he's like akito never lets us see him um like i don't know whatever you know mm-hmm. he doesn't ever eat bur- bugs anymore um, <laughs> he, he put together some i feel like i can imagine him just thinking about some facts it's like i gave him a bag of seeds for secret santa last year and he didn't like them he didn't like it <laughs> he never scratches his head with his foot anymore <laughs> Yeah. And was just like, oh, like one day. Yeah. Know? And then he was like, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking hate him. Although I guess that was after he, Kareno slept with Akito or whatever. Yeah. We have talked about that. Yeah, we have. It's mm-hmm. not a spoiler anymore. Yeah. I can say, I can say everything now. Almost <laughs> everything. Almost. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. I feel like we learned the real. We finally understood some of the real nature of the curse and also the, the deep reasons why Akito is the way that she is. Mm hmm. And most of that reason is, like, 
Ren is <laughs> mentally unstable. And also, yeah. it has this crazy... I don't know what it is, what you would call it, but this complex about Akira that mm-hmm. she's somehow super special. Yeah. And always was because she mm-hmm. can connect with him or whatever. Yeah. I really liked the... Um... I think like in I think it's Karina's like internal monologue when he's like looking at the box mm-hmm. and he's just like whose fault is it that this child is like this now and like kind of like <laughs> lists off like reasons behind it and it's like it's all of them it's like it's mm-hmm. this combination of horribleness that's made Akito the way she is. I love the way that he, when he looks in the box and he's like shocked at first mm-hmm. when there's, we we can't see what's in it. Yeah, and then he, he just looks, looks sad. <laughs> yeah, and he just looks very upset. Yeah. Oh, Karina, see, not weird, just sad. I yeah. By what I said. Many episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> I love the... Also, when Ren... Ren scrambles to grab the box. She, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and grabs it and picks it up and looks at it and, like, looks at it again. And then there's this very small panel where the box sort of, like, unfolds and, like, falls apart. Yeah. It's a nice uh, visual metaphor. Mm-hmm. Desperate to have what Akito has. Mm-hmm. So fucked up. Which is nothing. More... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Akito has the secret knowledge that... Akira always cared about Ren, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and never said anything to her, and still hasn't. I guess at this—I don't know if she ever does, but hasn't at this point in the story for sure. Yeah. No, she was just like, yeah, it was always empty. Mm-hmm. Like, there was never anything in there. Yeah, I love that that panel with like that like sad smile as Akito says, "Like yeah. it always was." Like. <laughs> yeah, this sort of like Akito knows what's up. Yeah, like, Akito knows what's been going on. Akito says that everything is everybody else's fault, everyone else's fault, but, like... Yeah, she's definitely, like, like the denial is running out at this point with her. Like, I think in that scene where she's talking to Kareno before Ren comes barging in, she's, like, really close to, like, actually reaching that self-awareness, like... And then he's like, listen, and then she's like, let me tell you some things. <laughs> yeah, where she's like, the yeah. because even though she's like, like, when did my world begin to break, like, it all twisted from there, and I was forcing them to stay and doing all these awful things and mm-hmm. it's like it's a she has a moment of like deep self-awareness and i feel like she might have made it you know to the end point there if ren hadn't like burst into the room god damn it ren yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then akito tries to talk to her again immediately after which is a terrible idea yeah it's like um, need, need some cool off time <laughs> yeah, no. i try to find the place where she remembers yuki's what yuki i'm pretty sure it's what yuki said yeah it's like uh, after 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 the stabbing um (laughs) she starts oh yeah it is yeah it's like she starts like she's in denial again but then starts to kind of like fall out of it again like she's like it's all the cat's fault yeah like (laughs) Like she does all this like screaming and like like every how about like kareno's not been helping and then like goes running out and being like it's all kareno's fault and then like remembers yuki's thing about the blaming someone else and then she's like what it's my fault like it's my fault that i'm left out and then she's like oh no 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 wait i know yeah. whose fault it is and you're like uh-oh mm-hmm. yeah but you can yeah you can definitely see like her grasping at straws yeah the worldview she's been clinging to is like rapidly falling apart mm. karino made an attempt to be like you can learn we mm-hmm. can do this let's go somewhere else the yeah. family is fucking you up mm-hmm. you try <laughs> so hard like, no it's your fault and stabbed him mm-hmm. yeah i know <laughs> I know, so sad. Do you think that that maid, the maid who runs out, looks like the one that he helped Rin? Yeah, I think it is. I thought that was a nice touch. Like, yeah, I didn't know if it was just like another maid with really long hair, but mm-hmm. it looks like the one. I think she's supposed to be John, and the the way it looks like the one who mm-hmm. helped Rin. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be her. So, mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, oh, you're back. Mm-hmm. Good maid is back. Yeah. <laughs> 
I always remembered that I disliked the old maid, but now I remember that I really disliked the old maid. Yeah. <laughs> After all of this crap. <laughs> You're awful. You're an You're awful human. Pretty much. <laughs> At first it just seemed like she was, you know, high and mighty, and now it's like, no, you actually manipulated this very sheltered yeah. person. It's been manipulating Akito and probably Akira for, like, de- decades now. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Who's the one with the power here? Yeah. Like, very interesting. I like that. It's interesting that the this like fight between Ren and Akito just devolves into the maids arguing with each other mm-hmm. and Akito just leaves. Yeah. And I like kind of like how Kareno just like watches. He watches Akito leave and then he like watches R- Ren look at the box and it's just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> He's like, I hate our family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, Shigure was right when we were children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a as a topic of discussion, which you already touched on a little bit, is that, like, I think this, like, people being in denial is such a big theme in this story. I feel like we haven't had a big theme discussion in a while, because mm-hmm. it used to be all these, like, oh, Kyoko's here again, so something we can say is, like, Takaya says that mm-hmm. <laughs> people should be nice to each other, yeah. or whatever, like, I don't know. But I feel like it's been a long time. We have all these, like, small moments that are building right now. Um, even still, like, it's not really this part this arc of the story has not completed yet yeah but this like i feel like another thing that keeps coming up and you already mentioned it is a, is denial as a theme like akito's denial like kyo's denial and blaming other people his father mm-hmm. um like things that we've seen a bunch of times that are coming through the series i don't know what the sort of like outcome of that is i guess it's just like denial is doesn't get you anywhere yeah like it, you know if you constantly blame other people for your issues then you're not going to change mm-hmm. Like, thanks, Yuki, for the yeah. life lesson. Like, <laughs> it's like, thanks, asshole Yuki. <laughs> <laughs> this PSA brought to you by asshole Yuki. <laughs> Yuki's defiance, yes. otherwise known as wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but it's interesting that Akito is like, oh, it's Kareno's fault. It's like, actually, wait, it's my fault? No, wait, it's Toru's fault. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... Yeah. Um, and you can, like, see the desperation in her eyes when she, like, lands on Toru as, like, another person mm-hmm. to blame. Like, it's like yep. there's got to be somebody. <laughs> mm-hmm. It can't possibly be that I, I have any responsibility for yeah. any of this. Yeah, it's a, it's a very another small panel. It's just like a maybe like, ten to twenty five percent of the page. Yeah. It's just her eyes, with the rain falling. She just looks super desperate, mm-hmm. desperate for something. Yeah, it's like anyone else left to blame for like as long as she can manage it. Like <laughs> yeah, because you can't blame Karino. She has this memory of Karino you know, taking care of her as a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, everything is great. I'm protecting you. And she's like, no, yeah. your, your protection is what's, you know, like, I mean, it's what Shigure said too, mm-hmm. I guess. On the one hand, not probably not incorrect. Like, Kareno sheltered Akito just as much as all these other people. Yeah, did. and Kareno even like, it's like sort of apologizing for that in the scene with Akito. He's yeah, like, he's like, I'll help you learn how to be a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, no. And then stabs him. No big deal. Yeah. Um, I like how that scene with uh, Yuki has, like, obviously affected, like, like everyone who witnessed it. Like, we've seen Kareno, like, <laughs> yeah. think back t- to that scene also. Yes. And Akira. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the other people didn't, the other, the other people who were there weren't really paying attention. Yeah. Mostly, like, Akito and Kareno. Mm-hmm. It's nice because we were like, look, Kareno's sitting sadly behind him. Yeah. He's just there. But no, it actually, he was paying attention and it came back later. Yeah. Do we have any other more Soma-y things to say? 
I mean, uh, more Aikido things to say, I guess, specifically. Because I have a couple other things that are non-Aikido related, mm-hmm. I guess. I can't decide if this is like a spoiler thing or not. But I like the, like we touched on it a little bit. Like we talked about it last episode and you touched on it at the beginning. But like the parallels between Toru and Aikido. Yeah, I don't know if it's a spoiler. Yeah. I think we can talk yeah. about it without spoiling it a lot. Yeah. It's like we have the, you know, those pages that are obviously at the beginning of the chapters that are obviously like direct parallels. It's also interesting. Mm-hmm. I just noticed this time. It's like they both have like a water motif going on too yeah like it's got kind of an oceany reflection thing on the toru and kyoko and then with uh, akito and kira has like rainfall Mm -hmm. this sort of like maybe uh imagery of representing like a cleansing of these issues Mm -hmm. you know this scene also all of this part of this story takes place in the rain too yeah because you can kind of think of like being left behind or leaving something behind could also be interpreted as like you know like washing something away and like starting new yeah yeah also like the uh like the title the uh like title page of this chap of chapter 115 also has like toru and akito like back to back and yeah 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 wearing girly clothes yes <laughs> toru's the one in black mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's interesting like that toru's in the darker outfit and akito's in the light outfit mm-hmm I mean, Toru is the one in these, I don't know. I mean, kind of, I think in Akito's mind, Toru is the villain. Mm -hmm. I don't know that Toru thinks that way about Akito. I think Mm -hmm. Toru thinks that the curse is bad, that the curse is holding people back Yeah. from all the things that they want in their lives. I don't think it has necessarily have to do directly with Akito. Mm -hmm. The way that Akito thinks that Toru is taking everyone away. Yeah. We did talk about, I think this, these two, those two opening panels, um, or pages, I guess, they also help clarify that the relationship between Toru and Akito that's like the foil relationship that they have mm-hmm. where they have similar issues but they and we see them hampering them in different ways in their relationships with people mm-hmm. but um, yeah we've also seen like like they both have like the parent they idolized and then like the parent yeah. they kind of like thought badly of for one reason or another obviously like yeah. obviously Toru's dad was a good guy not terrible like Ren but (laughs) just kind of the fact that they both had like a like like oh I love this parent they were amazing and but this parent was bad and scary kind of like Mm -hmm. thing in their childhood if only they could just chat (laughs) so so much to relate to each other (laughs) yeah like Akito has been conditioned by the family and also was sort of like Akira was the one who was telling her like oh you're special and you're great and whatever and Toru's Toru's mom was like it's cool like we'll always be together and Toru but like Toru has this sort of Anakito I guess have these I don't know like this manufactured feeling of wanting to cling to those Mm -hmm. things and wanting to cling to her wanting to cling to Toru wanting to cling to her mom the memory of her mom and Akito sort of forced to slash wanting to cling to the memory of the the things that Akira said Mm -hmm. about her in an uncertain world. Yeah. I feel like we haven't seen the end yet of that. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think it's... <laughs> I can only imagine what will happen yeah. next time. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, like, even if we didn't know where it was going, I think just the yes. the imagery we're seeing is starting to, like, strongly lean that way. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Akito has mm-hmm. a someone else in her sights mm-hmm. now, and that person is yeah. Toru. <laughs> it ain't red anymore. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see what the confrontation yeah. is. Also, I mean, like, Toru, I mean, uh, uh, Akito has had it in for Toru for a long time. Mm-hmm. 
we just talked about the beach episode recently. Yeah. I feel like that was like, you know, like that was when we started seeing all the characters kind of change a mm-hmm. lot. And I guess like Akito probably noticed that as well. Yeah. And recognized that the reason, or maybe potentially the reason for that mm-hmm. was, you know, Toru's influence. Toru represents the outside Yeah, and we world. see, um, we didn't really talk about it, um, the sort of bet no, Akito had with Ren, yes. which has obviously led to her, why she was so like focused on like, so desperate. Yeah, and like why he's so focused on Toru as the enemy and <laughs> everything. Yes. Yeah, this is the first time we saw the bet, mm-hmm. the bet with Ren, where Ren is like, "Yeah, like, well, I think that your bond is manufactured," and Akito's like, "You're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's real." And she's like, "Why don't you prove yeah. it?" And Akito's like, "Okay," yeah. except in a much harsher way. <laughs> and Shigeru's like, "Be the dubs. Uh, I want to bring someone to my house." And Akito's like, "Perfect." <laughs> yeah. Excellent. <laughs> I love how yeah, I love how Shigeru is just like, oh, I want to bring someone else to my house, and she's like, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of <laughs> no questions asked. Yeah. Which is kind of it's yeah, it's kind of a thing that like, especially early on in the series, you'd be like, why did Akito let Toru stay? Oh like, yeah. But like, because she yeah. was trying like, to prove to Ren. <laughs> now we know why. In fact, that was a question that I raised. I think in the beginning of the series, uh, even the beginning of this podcast, where we were like, what are the things that you want to know mm. this time? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to know why the fuck Akito led Toru yeah. into the house in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, and to, to like, to prove that she was right. Yeah. To win the manufactured yeah. war. Yeah, she was basically against, like, the whole thing was like, Ryan. I think they can, like, experience the outside world and still want to come back to me. <laughs> yeah. It puts a lot of other things that she, that she has said before in perspective, too, where she's, like, when she was trying to be an asshole to Yuki, it was like, He's still afraid of me. He'll come back mm-hmm. to me, like, way early on in the story. Yeah. You're like, oh, this all makes sense now. It seems that that all happened right before the story started, right before the series started, which is interesting, mm-hmm. too. I always assumed that it, they had, I mean, we talked about how Yuki had started living with Shigeru mm-hmm. right before the series started, but I didn't realize that Ren made this bet with Akito right before yeah. the series started, essentially. Yeah, it's like everything was set up for, like, a perfect storm that for Toru to get introduced into. <laughs> Toru's like, they're taking care of me. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, welcome to this insane family. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everyone turns into animals. Oh, wait, yeah. no, it's just like a deep-seated like power struggle. With yeah, they're like, welcome, so find structure. your place on the chessboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've set up some thrones for some games of thrones. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about Game of Thrones. I don't, I mean... <laughs> I hear that when you play it, you, you win or you die. Yeah. <laughs> Well, who knows what'll happen next time? <laughs> Akito has a knife. Yeah. <laughs> the stage is set. Stabbed at least one person. <laughs> <laughs> at least. <laughs> she's running down the street and she's just like, you. Yeah. <laughs> Violence is funny. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh so we don't cry. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I was just going to talk about Omiji. Mm-hmm. There's a very touching scene with his mom. We yeah. We didn't talk about it yet in depth, I guess. But I guess the only thing to say is that it was touching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that Omiji is like, Okito's like, you don't have anybody to go back to. Like, all you have is yourself. You never, you know, you don't have, like, a family or whatever. And Omiji is like, I don't, just because I don't have those things doesn't mean I won't be, like, happy in my mm-hmm. life. Like, it's a touching sentiment. Yeah. Omiji keeping it real as always. Yeah. It's like, nah, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. And also, I, I don't need you to tell me what's going to make me happy in my life. So, yeah. peace. <laughs> and Akito's like, fuck you. Get out of here. Yep. You can see a peak emotionally mature Momiji. Yes. <laughs> He glowed up, and 
had peak emotional maturity. He also uh, teased Kyo, which yeah. was great. I mean, it really triggered Kyo, which was a problem. Yeah. It seemed. <laughs> He's getting more and more sensitive about the topic of Toru. Yeah, it was a little bit bitter, too, on, like, Momiji's end. Like, most of his teasing yeah. is pretty lighthearted, but he was kind of, like... He was, uh... Yeah. Very much in pain, I guess. Yeah. Just like, I don't have anybody, and I can't even, like, have this... You know, like, I don't even get to have one person that I really deeply care about, I mm-hmm. guess. I don't know who clearly cares about me, but very much is in love with somebody else. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, for sure. He was definitely kind of bitter. He just also like mic dropped on Kyo, who was yeah. like in the middle of a freakout. Was like, bye. <laughs> Kyo was like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah. It's like well, he's not here anymore, buddy. Like, Let me just like you have fun with that. I get my own shit. Yeah. <laughs> bye. <laughs> I can't tell if it's like helpful or if he just like took the opportunity to just get get one last jab in. Yeah. Like, we had talked about how like Momiji, he clearly noticed the this, uh, you know, blossoming relationship between Kyo and Toru, and had teased him about it before in mm-hmm. a much more lighthearted way. And this time it did just seem like a big jab, yeah, a big poke in the ribs. <laughs> so, yeah, like I don't think he realized it would like that. Like what's Kyo is currently going through, so he didn't realize no, it would have that, that effect on, on it. But I do like, think he was intending it to be a jab rather than yes. a lighthearted tease. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't meant to be triggering. It was just meant to be mean. Yeah, <laughs> the normal amount of mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's like not the, not the PTSD kind of mean. <laughs> yeah. At least that's what it seemed to be. Yes. Yeah, we've seen that imagery before in his, uh, um, in his memories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Arm, bloody body. Nobody knows. We don't know what it is yet, but mm-hmm. well, we know what it is. But yeah, we don't know what it is. You know, mm-hmm. nothing I say is vague at all. Um, yes. <laughs> and then Momiji's conversation with his mom is very sweet. And he's mm-hmm. just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna like. It has this like. I'm gonna live my life." Yeah. Vibe. Yeah, it's like I feel like when I first read it, I f- it felt like he was gonna try to like be part of his family again. But like now, I think it's like more of a like final goodbye, letting go kind of thing. I think so. I think he went to see her. Yeah, I think it could be either one. But yeah, she's like, "Are you gonna visit with your family? Are you gonna travel with your family or whatever?" And he's like, "Yep." And then he thinks internally, like, "I or like he's like I'm gonna travel." I mean, and he's like, "With the family that'll have someday in the future." Mm-hmm. Like it seems like it does seem like sort of a making peace with his situation with his family. Yeah. But also a recognizing that now that he's free, he has the opportunity to find pursue the things that make him mm-hmm. happy and stuff like that. Also had uh, the scene with Hero, which was really sweet. I know. <laughs> Everybody stop crying. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's one of my favorite scenes. Where like, like the first thing he does is pick up his baby sister who he hasn't been able to hold. Yes. At all until now, and then his mom comes in and hugs them both. Everybody has a hug. <laughs> best hug. Best mom. Yeah. Best big brother. <laughs> Although Yami's a pretty good big brother. I mean, <laughs> here's the brother who smashed the melon. <laughs> yes, Hero became the brother who smashed a melon. <laughs> I wonder if there's anybody listening to this who doesn't watch the anime, but uh, <laughs> I don't remember if that line was in the. I mean, I think something like it was, but it wasn't the same, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the manga at least. Yeah, I feel like he just said like congratulations or something after yeah, he smashed maybe. the melon. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was this cute. I mean, mm-hmm. Hero's. He's really come full circle from being a, like, smarmy little child that mm-hmm. we saw back in the day. And I was like, wait, guys, just wait for it. Just wait yeah. for it. 
He's a really good He'll character. Get there. I enjoy him. <laughs> yeah. He'll get there. He's finally become a person who knows how to people. I mean, yes. <laughs> he's become he's... a sweet older brother. Yeah, he's the prince who can protect Kisa. <gasps> <gasps> and his little sister. Yes. I like the scene. It was a couple chapters ago. I mean, it was probably a long, many, many chapters ago at this point, <laughs> actually, where he's like, I just like, she's so little and like i don't know like she doesn't know about anything bad in the world yet and whatever it's like i have to be a good person or whatever like i can't remember exactly what he said yeah it's cute <laughs> and now he can hug her we needed a little bit of uh, a little bit of happy in the, these there's chapters a little bit of, yeah there's some good humor in there too when at school there uh haru is like how did he change and yuki's like i don't know <laughs> yeah there was like something happened he's like what did happen she's like what yeah <laughs> And he's just like, Haru. Yeah. It's like, stop being weird. You're going to make, make Toru worry. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess, I don't know if there's any other things to say, but the last bit, and the the very first part of the that one chapter, I guess, in the last part is Toru getting up the courage to perhaps tell Kyo about her feels. Yes. Confession time. Yes. <laughs> the greatest confession in all of Shoujo. <laughs> At least the other way it's building up to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. 118 chapters in the making. So- <laughs> they weren't in love at first. <laughs> so yes, they were. From the moment he crashed through the ceiling. <laughs> Tori's like, I've always wanted to be with a boy. Yeah, you play that. The ceiling. Oh, wait, no, I need to be sad about my mom. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> so you play that, like, love at first sight music over the scene of him crashing through. <laughs> that song? Yes. Yeah, from Romeo and Juliet. We talked about this before. Yes. I don't know if we recorded it, but we talked about it, I remember. <laughs> That or, like, just dream sequence chimes, one or the other. Yeah. Um, or, <laughs> dream weaver, <laughs> I believe you can get me through the night. <laughs> or, like, uh, <laughs> the, the saxophone, uh, do-do-do, whisper, that's what yes. it is. do-do-do, and he's, like, brushing, like, uh, debris from the roof off of his shirt and being like, I'm gonna crush you into his... <laughs> Everything is just like blurry and <laughs> just focus on his face. Yeah. That's how it went, right? Yeah. All, all those I versions. Very, very, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw it on YouTube, must be true. <laughs> the panel at the end is so dark, though. Mm-hmm. It's so. Yeah, it's really ominous for a love confession. The guy has something to tell you, and then he's like, looks over his shoulder, like, please don't do this. And yeah. he's just like, I'm gonna do it. Like that's what it looks like. <laughs> She's like gonna do the thing. And he's like, please don't. Please, I don't want you to do this. Mm-hmm. It's like I know you know that I know that <laughs> I like you. And she's like, I like that you know that I know that I like you. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it happens, right? Yes. <laughs> <coughs> then chaos was replaced. Or it's like the long, long man. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I don't have any other things that I want to talk about that aren't spoilery. Spoilery. Yeah. <laughs> we got some more background on Akito. Mm-hmm. Turns out Akito's family situation was just as fucked up as everybody yeah. else in the Zodiac, if not potentially yeah. worse. I don't know. It's like everything was terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Continues to be terrible. It all started with one old maid. Yes. <laughs> Seems like the family has been doing this. Yes, the, here's your place on the chessboard for a long time. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see what happens. Two more volumes left we have. Yep. All right, thank you all for listening. We'll talk about spoilers. And, oh, next time we're going to talk about also four chapters in a row. Mm -hmm. The next four chapters in a row. I'm finding my list. Hold on.
I didn't write it down in my notes. 19, 120, 121, and 122. Counting is for chumps. <laughs> <laughs> one, what did you say? 122? You're right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 119 to 122 is what we're going to talk about next time. Another Ooh. another big chunk. Another mega episode. <laughs> drama, drama, drama. Yeah. More drama than you can handle. <laughs> I have More no drama than your happen. body has room for. We <laughs> <laughs> got the old memes again. Rawberry. It's the only. <laughs> it's the only joke we make. I mean, I don't... <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Do you have any more old meme jokes you want to make before we talk about spoilers? It's like adding drama to an electrical store. <laughs> I feel like chocolate could be dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> like the other meaning of shock. Not an electrical shock, yeah. but like an emotional shock. Raw berry, like raw emotionals on display. Yes. You know? <laughs> all right. Uh, spoilers. Next time it's all going to be about Kyo's shit. Yep. And Toru's shit, shit, I guess. <laughs> Pretty much, it's all his like deal that he's been dealing with all this time secretly. Yep. The quiet voice, deep inside. Yeah. We can finally say what the image of the bloody arm is, yep. probably. Actually, I don't even know if it's in this. I didn't double check. But it I is. It's his whole, like, here's why I oh, killed yeah. your mom, even though I didn't. But I yeah. think I did. <laughs> because I blame like, myself I for things. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's like, I have the opposite problem of Akito. <laughs> yeah. I blame myself for everything. Yes. Except when I blame Yuki. <laughs> yes. That's his coping mechanism. Yeah. Just like Akito stabbed Kurino. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he stabs to cope. No, it's because everybody has their different coping mechanisms. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So next time we'll talk about that. That's exciting. Yeah, we've been seeing that imagery in Kyo's traumatic uh, memories for a long time. So I mean, since the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I think when Shigure was like, Shigure said the thing since yeah. the Valentine's Day incident mm-hmm. was probably the first time. Yeah, which we're was like, just wow, like a that's couple volumes up. in. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're like, anyway, we'll talk about mm-hmm. that a year from now. Everyone remember. Yep. <laughs> Just keep that, that sketchy imagery in your mind. Yep. Wasn't there also... Keep oh, he has some other things where he remembered Kyoko, pocket. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll save that for later. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the major spoiler. That is... uh, Or the major thing that's going to happen that's foreshadowed. Or, like, lead this chapter... It's not even foreshadowed. It's leading up to this. It's been foreshadowed yeah. throughout the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. One twenty two goes all the way through their confessions so Toru's confession and then like Kyo talking about his connection to her mom and then all the way back to the uh, Akito and Toru confrontation and then the kiss mm-hmm. yeah so something for everyone to look forward to mm-hmm. maybe <laughs> that question mark I don't know yeah all the Yuki Toru shippers who are listening all this time were like no <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, whatever. And also, like, so much drama and personal injury. I mean, (laughs) this is multiple concussions for Toru. I mean, what? (laughs) Uh, I just had a couple little, like, things that were like, oh, that makes me think of the thing that's going to happen. Okay. Um, So, first of all, we have, like, like the conversation between Momiji and Akito, and, like, Mm -hmm. they're going to have that conversation outside the hospital, too, which is, like, it's kind of like, it's nice that, like, yeah, this whole thing where... Like, Akito's just like, you're betraying me, get out. And he's like, okay. And then, like, he's, like, willing to, like, reach out to Akito when he sees her at the hospital. Yeah. I mean, I think, I guess he must have, like, recognized or heard that she was trying to make an effort to be more 
responsible and um, kinder person, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Miji is just like, I don't want to be bound to you, but Miji wasn't like, I'm leaving you forever. Yeah. Like, he was just like, I'm not going to stay here. It's not like he was like, I'm abandoning mm-hmm. you. Akito interprets yeah. it that way, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's just nice to see, like, how much, you know, Momiji's good nature, like, just goes through the whole series. And it's one of mm-hmm. the, like, last acts that help Akito, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. tip over the edge into trying to be a better person. Yeah. It's like, I have a little advice. Let me whip out my storybook that I carry around. Yeah. <laughs> it's a story about a very foolish traveler. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's touching. Mm-hmm. Akito goes and makes all these efforts to change. She goes and apologizes to Karino. Yeah. Even Uo, Uo talks to her and stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like the, one of the great things about Furuba is that this is... It's a story about how you know, really dark things can influence people for a long period of time in their lives. But that the overall message of the series is like, you can change and you should change. Mm-hmm. Like, change is a necessary part of life. And also it's something that can bring you a lot of personal, you know, growth and yeah. happiness. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think especially like toward the end, you get on the like, it's never too late to try and change mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like the people you hurt might not forgive you, but it's still worth like, trying to be a better person and changing and yeah all that. and the you have and that also like you have to hurt people to learn how not to be an asshole and like, yeah you, you have to you may end up getting hurt yourself and that doesn't mean that it's that doesn't mean that it was a negative experience overall like mm-hmm. it might be painful but it's something you can learn from yeah hopefully mm-hmm. yeah and i think we've seen in this chapter that like the biggest thing of the keto is that like Nobody let her learn from anything. Basically. Yeah. They completely sheltered her and used her as a tool, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, similar to, like, Yuki mm-hmm. and seems like Akira also. I, we don't get to go into his backstory, but it doesn't seem like he was more than a pawn for yeah. the maids. So, despite being the theoretically the person in power in the family. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. We're on the precipice of being able to bring it back around to all these, like... Mm-hmm big themes that I feel like the story they, it's like we had all these really interesting like moments of growth and stuff that's been happening but like the big the big meaty theme themes they've been sort of on the back burner for mm-hmm. a little while to get to this point yeah and now we're we're about to be able to bring them back yeah because it's like the stuff that's yet to be like dealt with is like mostly stuff that's been going like since the beginning definitely i think we had all these like spoiler talks at the beginning we're like and this leads into this Mm -hmm. i remember yeah (laughs) and the cliffs yeah (laughs) can we talk about that Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah most importantly of all um, yeah (laughs) most important foreshadowing in the whole series yeah and it turns out jason really is a bear yeah (laughs) it's kind of funny that the series starts out with like it's like oh, there's a landslide, and then it ends with, like, oh, there's a landslide. <laughs> yeah. But you're just, like, it. it's, like, you definitely don't expect it. I remember reading yeah. the first time where it's, like, Akito's there, and they're having their confrontation or whatever, and she's threatening Toru with a knife, and then Toru stands there, and then her eyes widen, and then it's, like, the next panel, and you're, like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> I forgot that this was a possibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never go running in the woods alone in Shigeru's house. At yeah. Shigeru's house. <laughs> It's like, Shigeru, maybe you should move. <laughs> it's like, your property seems dangerous. <laughs> I want to have this house in as a dangerous location as possible, as far away yeah. from the main house as possible, but close enough that I can go and harass Akito until yeah. she comes around. 
They're like, we got this house in the bottom of landslide territory. Perfect. He's like, I'll take it. <laughs> so, Yuki, you want to come live with me? Yeah. <laughs> Yuki's like, anything. I'll go anywhere. Yeah. You and your rats can dig through the mud. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, they they didn't buy the house. They found it buried in mud and he had Yuki buried. Yeah. <laughs> un- un- excavate it with the mice. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's right. So his power, his frozen power is that he has his mice that he calls, and then they built a castle yeah. for him out of garbage. <laughs> so does that, does that mean the town is just covered in mice? <laughs> I always, you, you have, have to come, come back, back here to get rid of all these mice. <laughs> just mice everywhere. Need, I can't call Orkin. <laughs> They're not going to come. <laughs> got the Black Plague again. It's terrible. <laughs> The people are dying. <laughs> He's like, let it go. And the mice yeah. are carrying him up a staircase. <laughs> I made myself laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated people's efforts of trying to connect me to the potential art of people, of uh, Kakeru holding Momiji. I mean, holding um, Kakeru. Well, that'd be weird. Kakeru holding Yuki as a rat. Yeah. <laughs> Good, so we're running out of spoiler things to talk about, it sounds like. <laughs> I have a couple more, like, okay, kind of lines of dialogue that... Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, so just, like, when Akita's, like, first starting to freak out about stuff, um, yes. she thinks, like, it's almost time to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Which winds up being, like, kind of, like, when she, like, lets all of the Zodiac go. It's, like, saying goodbye and is, like, set up as, like, a, you know, here. It's, like, her, like, freaking out about the idea, mm-hmm. but then it becomes this kind of, like, positive thing that she chooses to do. Yeah, it does become a choice. Her her choice to let them. It's like instead of them, it she sees them leaving as a betrayal, and then it becomes a like, I will end this mm-hmm. negative relationship. Yeah, it's clearly bad for everyone. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then she says goodbye, and then yeah. also like the part with Yuki, at the end, there's mm-hmm. like an extra there's extra sort of dialogue that's like, um, like and you're the last one and goodbye and whatever, right? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one was um, like when she's uh, with Kareno and she says like this like helping me and like protecting me stuff has been killing me mm-hmm. um, like later when she like is going to like apologize to Kareno she thinks like I think I've been killing him <laughs> interesting <laughs> like, I don't yeah. remember that <laughs> she says something like I think I've just been killing him or something like that so mm-hmm. It's interesting because definitely Akito has also been holding Kareno back. It's not. It's not like Kareno's like, oh, it's like my fault that Akito is like this. But there, it's a mutually, uh, like bad yeah. relationship. Yeah. Kareno's like, I'm helping, and Akito's mm-hmm. like, I need him. But it's yeah. like they're the negative aspects of those, like the whatever the negative reverse of all those two things that I just said is also happening. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like Kareno can't, Kareno can't have any other life other than tending to Akito, and Akito needs Kareno for like comfort personal comfort and reassurance mm-hmm. so they have this sort of like negative mm-hmm. reciprocal relationship <laughs> yeah Shigure is jealous of it yeah <laughs> I'm excited to read the whatever the last scene with between uh Shigure and Akito mm-hmm. I'm looking for the redemption <laughs> <laughs> you're like I don't think you're gonna find it yeah <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think you find, like, redemption so much as explanation, as far as Shigure goes. <laughs> yeah. He he did, I mean, yeah, he 
he wanted Nikita to be free of the the negative impacts of the curse and stuff, but really more for his own personal gain in their relationship. Than yeah. Almost in the way that like not as not as intense, but similar to the way that Ren is about Akira being like I I I'm the one who I wanted Akira to myself, and we're special reverence. Mm-hmm. Like I want this love for myself mm-hmm. you know, from when we saw in the past. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, he does seem to want, like, Akito to, like, move forward and grow as a person, because, like, especially, like, recently he's had all these bits of, like, when are you gonna, like, catch up with us? And Yeah. And he seems genuinely sad and frustrated, and yeah. as opposed to being, like, I don't know, like, it's, like, um, as opposed to, like, just scheming or something for his own personal gain. Mm-hmm. You know? It is about Akito growing as a person, but... Yeah. I also think that his it's personally motivated by his desire to <laughs> want to have... Like, Akito thinks that she can have all these relationships with whoever she wants, and that's, like, she's entitled to that. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, like, if yeah. you care about me more than anyone, then you need to demonstrate that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's definitely selfishly motivated, but, like. Not a bad idea. Do you idea. think, yeah, I think he has some good intentions in there, but. <laughs> selfishly motivated yeah. good intentions are still good intentions, I guess, question yeah. mark? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's moral, like method. Like moral method- <laughs> It's, like, methodology and, like. <laughs> and, okay. and motive is more questionable <laughs> <laughs> perhaps but mm-hmm. yeah. those are the see. only things I took note of just some little things where I was like huh that's mm. gonna come back again in oh, a couple of chapters said, <laughs> yeah. yeah cool I I didn't remember some of those things so that's nice I'm excited about that <laughs> yeah okay good well <laughs> in that case uh, another rant or <laughs> 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 more frozen jokes <laughs> <laughs> I I'm excited for next time because, of course, the as a when I read this the first time and and now I mean I'm the Kyoto shipper, so mm-hmm. excited for the always the confession. Yeah, it's great. Also, Toru, I'm excited for Toru. Like this, her her feelings about her mom were so heart wrenching and held her back through mm-hmm. her, through this series. It's time for her to grow too. It's time for her growth. Yeah, <laughs> so, where she's just like. Well, if I have to go against my mom, then that's how it's going to be. And, like, I, you know, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so, looking forward to reading that again. Yeah. Next time. One of my favorite bits, I don't think it's in the next chapter, it's afterward. But um, it's, like, when Yuki and Kyo finally have their, like, throw down and, <laughs> like, kind of come to terms with each other. I think it's going to be not next episode, but the one after. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's, like, one of my favorite parts of the ending. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And Yuki's like, well, you better go visit her. And then he... Shigeru's like, where is he going? And Yuki's like, I don't know, the hospital? And he's like, isn't it closed? And the last panel is Kyo being, like, like depressed outside of the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, um, and I love how Yuki, like, immediately switches into being, like, Kyo's asshole friend. Yes. <laughs> he's like, you gotta get your shit together. <laughs> Yuki's trying. Because yeah. Yuki knows, and Kyo is like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, now I'm responsible not just for her mom's death, but for Toru being in the hospital too. And Yuki's like, are you an idiot? Like, yeah. can you? <laughs> At least that's how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to stop taking responsibility and just like go and be nice. <laughs> yeah. I like also really enjoy how Toru runs away when she yeah. sees him afterward. <laughs> Where she's like, just smile, just smile. And then they make eye contact and she runs away. Yeah. I love how Kyo's like depressed for a second and then he's like, I can run faster than her. Yes. 
<laughs> and he does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. Oh, those two They're crazy cute. kids. <laughs> they deserve each other. <laughs> <It's> the... <laughs> yeah, and Machi bringing Yuki fertilizer, they also deserve each other. Yeah. <laughs> I call Machi the only one who insists on calling him president for like the whole series until he yeah. says his name. It's really cute. Even when they're like having a side conversation in the hallway, she's like, President, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're, you're cute. That's funny. <laughs> There's something charming about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, so we talked about everything? Good. Series wrap. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, next time. So we'll talk about 119 in detail, 119 to 122. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll get to scream again. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Akita's still not done, so yes, <laughs> they should be screaming. I, I mean, especially maybe even worse than last time. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember what the dialogue specifically is like. Toru's mm-hmm. gonna scream too. I know she does that. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, good. All right, I'm running out of things to say. So next time, one nineteen to one twenty two. Everybody get excited and bring snacks. We'll Ooh. see you. Ooh, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. I like to scream. <laughs>